Hi, and welcome to the second episode of the Alexa podcast. Our guest today is John Kelvey of Bespoken. John, say hello. Hi, nice to meet everyone. Yeah, thank you for sharing some of your time with us, and uh, we'll get into what you do and, and learn about Bespoken um, in just a minute. Before we do that, a shout out to our two sponsors. Uh, the Alexa Conference is the annual gathering of Alexa developers and enthusiasts. You can learn more and get registered at alexaconference.com. And our other sponsor is Forthcast, F-O-U-R-T-H-C-A-S-T. Forthcast turns your podcast into a custom Alexa skill. Get started at forthcast.com. John, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, we greatly appreciate uh, you uh, and uh, you, you being willing to share some of your time with us. Let's get started by um, you simply explaining to us in the audience um, a little bit about a little bit about your background and uh, how you got into working with Bespoken. Yeah, absolutely, um, and thanks a lot for having me on. It's it's a pleasure. Um, so. I've actually been working in interactive audio uh, since 2013. I was one of the co-founders of Zap Media. We were doing um, interactive audio ads for mobile. And so, you know, the simple example I'd always give was if you're listening to a music app or a podcasting app, uh, our ads would come on and they'd say, you can get two pizzas for $10 if you just say, call now. And you as the listener could turn around and say, call now. And, uh, you know, then you get your pizza, right? And uh, really neat application of speech recognition. Um, we we're building that all on the mobile side. Um, and we were, <clears throat> we were in this voice first world, um, even a few years ago, because if you're working with music apps or um, some type of other audio app, people typically were actually just listening to it in their pocket. Um, you know, they had their phone in their pocket, they're listening to it in the background. And, you know, the only mechanism for interaction was that audio. Um, so we really became accustomed to working with that um, sort of user experience. And when the Alexa device came out, or the Echo device came out um, with Alexa, uh, it was immediately really interesting to us. Uh, we started building skills for it. And as we were building them, we saw that the development tools, or I quickly saw that the development tools really were just not, not there yet. Um, and that was the genesis for Bespoken, is that we saw for this new paradigm, voice-first development, AI-based development, and also the fact that it's, it's just a, <clears throat> it's a slightly different um, whole deployment model that it uses, uh, that you needed a new set of, of tools to manage it. And um, we created Bespoken based on that. So you've got uh, the one tool. And by the way, the website is bespoken.tools, B-E-S-P-O-K-E-N dot tools. Uh, for those listening who want to check this out while you're listening. So uh, I'm not a developer. Kevin will be asking you the questions about that. But where are you going with this? How are you going to monetize these tools? Yeah. So, I mean, we started out, the first things that we put out there uh, were some command line tools that are really helpful. Uh, we built this thing that we call the proxy that 
um, basically allowed you to directly interact with Alexa on your laptop. It really shortened the development and debugging lifecycle. Um, and that stuff is open source and it's free. But then what we've built out is we have a logging capability that's on our, that you can access now. Uh, we're adding monitoring to that um, to ensure the quality of your skills. And then we're, we're adding these other features sort of related to monitoring that we refer to as validation um, that, that do even a deeper level and it's really tailored to voice. Um, and for those features, you know, we charge people basically, uh, it's, it's free up to a certain number of transactions and then if you get to a very high number, then we start to charge you a sort of modest fee for that. Um, so that's you're how doing we that already? business around it. Um, we've added those features. We haven't started charging anyone yet. It's, it's still based. It's still all free at this point. Okay. I'm, I'm here to ask you the, the dumb questions. So that's, I'm um, happy <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. to do that. Um, Kevin, what questions you got? Yeah. So I'm interested in the tools you have. Um, can you, uh, I, I see that, um, as you mentioned, you know, the, the proxy, um, can you talk a little bit more about that? Um, and, um, for those that, that aren't really familiar with, um, what that could be doing could you uh, explain in detail um, how you're able to um, to uh, you know proxy requests to Alexa and, and I mean the, the proxy tool is really neat and I think you know just in sort of introducing this I said you know we saw that it was a new paradigm for development and so you know I came from this mobile background and with mobile you had an immense amount of flexibility in how you uh, built your apps. And that was great, but that was also a real problem because uh, you're running on the device. It's a highly complex API. There's lots of things that can go wrong. It's stuff that can go wrong with your code, with the configuration on the phone, with something with the operating system, um, you know, much less if you're building for both iOS and Android. You know, just within each of their universes, there's, there's this immense complexity. Um, there's this switch now, right, with Alexa where you're not running on the device, you're not running on the Echo if you're building skills. Um, you're not even running like inside of Alexa, instead you're a server that's just sitting somewhere out there in the cloud and the Alexa service sends you requests and then, you know, it sends you a request saying the user said such and such basically and you respond and say, well, tell them this or play this audio um, and show them this card. And, you know, you can do some other things as well, but it, that's basically what it comes down to. Um, and it's a really neat development model, but it also introduces this basic challenge, which is that if you want to be able to test your skills, you need to have a server that Alexa can send requests to. And people don't develop on servers, they develop on their laptops. So what we do with the proxy is we actually build a tunnel from your laptop to a public server um, that we've created at Bespoken and the requests from Alexa go to our server and then we in turn send them down to your laptop. So it's, it's kind of a neat networking trick. It sort of feels like magic. Um, but it makes your life as a developer much easier because you're not going through these cycles where you make a little change to your code and then you deploy it back out to your server and then you see that something's still not working quite right and then you make another change and then you deploy it again. And, 
you know, those cycles really slow you down. And so that, that tool is immensely helpful in terms of accelerating people's development. Yeah, absolutely. That's certainly something that I've run into. Um, and I did have uh, kind of some flashbacks to the local tunnel solutions that uh, we've solved for, for general web development um, uh, or mobile development to your mobile devices, something like that that's on the same network. So uh, that's awesome that you guys have that for Alexa. Um, I see also that you have um, a speak and an intend um, command uh, line tool that appears to um, be a fit for um, updating your uh, intents um, in in the Alexa developer. I'm sorry, in the uh, Amazon developer portal. Is that is that correct? Yeah, and so that's what we were doing with those. That's actually based on an emulator that we have. Um, and so we built an emulator of the Alexa that mimics, mimics its internals. And like with, when you say uh, speak, it actually takes whatever you say and it creates a proper JSON payload, very similar to what Alexa would send to you. And then it sends it to your skill. And so it's a really neat tool for testing it. Um, on top of it, that emulator that we use to, uh, for those commands, you can actually use that programmatically to do unit tests, uh, to hook it into a continuous integration process. Um, you know, it's, it's meant to be something that you can start off with a little bit of debugging, but then if you want to build some really industrial grade development processes, um, you can leverage it to do that. That, that's really interesting. Can you um, talk a little bit about how um, close that uh, speak technology is to what's actually running on Alexa? And, and if so, like how, um, how, is the, how are you accomplishing that? Because Alexa really isn't open source. So I'm interested to, um, to I guess, to know that if I'm using that tool, uh, as I develop my skill that once I put it into production in Alexa that it, I'm not going to have any uh, unexpected issues? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. Uh, so um, we develop it based on the APIs that uh, Amazon publishes. So we're conforming to the JSON payloads that they have. And that part of it is pretty straightforward. You know, I mean, that's well documented and, and we know what values should go into each field. Um, you know, sometimes people will put a bug into GitHub and they'll say, hey, you know, this field's not quite right. Or did you know that they added this extra field? Um, and we make small tweaks for that. And, um, you know, that's that's really pretty, pretty straightforward. And I, I think you can you can use the payloads that come from that with a high degree of confidence. Now, I will say one additional thing we did do with it was we actually mimicked the behavior of the audio player, which I, that was probably, I mean, it, it works great. I mean, that was an ambitious thing to take on. Um, and I, when I, in building that, we were doing some reverse engineering because the audio player, if you use that API from uh, Amazon, it's, it's just there's a bit more going on. You know, it's, it's firing off events at different points. Um, and there's some, some issues around timing. So there, like, 
I was really studying that very carefully and putting together, emulating that. And um, it works great, but at the same time, um, I do fear like there'll, there'll be some updates and, and it'll be harder for us to keep that in mind. But so far, it's, it's, it has worked great for us and it's really been invaluable for unit testing, you know, podcasting skills, music skills that we have. Certainly, yeah, I can see how that just to, um, I guess what I was thinking before was that you may have um, uh, taken, um, you may have been able to duplicate what the Alexa voice service portion of Alexa is doing. But um, the Jason, just matching Jason payloads uh, is, is a huge leap forward from a developer standpoint. So major kudos on, on delivering that. Um, well, thank you. And I, and I should also just mention, I mean, this is something that we're just putting out there is that, you know, we're, we're starting to build testing tools around AVS. And the way in which we've manifested this initially was, um, this is just kind of a fun thing you can check out. It's called uh, Silent Echo bespoken.io and um, right now it's just like a fun web interface you type something in and we basically send it we turn it into speech based on what you type we send it to Alexa it Alexa does whatever it, it would normally do with that speech and then it sends back a reply which we then in turn um, we turn into text and that's like why did we build that as a web interface? I just, I mean, I just thought it was kind of a fun thing. Um, but we plan on using that to augment our testing tools as well. And that's really, I think, going to be super valuable. Yeah. Um, can you talk a bit about the testing tools? That's something that as soon as I've looked at what, what you guys have started building, that really caught my eye because I'm, you know, a developer and um, my tests are... Um, extremely valuable um, tests that others have written. Um, can you talk uh, a bit about um, the, it looks like it's the uh, BST Alexa um, bit of yeah. the library? Yeah, and so that's the emulator that I was referring to and that's that's the piece that actually, you know, you can say speak, you can say intend, and that's gonna generate the proper JSON, um, send it to your skill, um, you know, and then even uh, send events if you're using the audio player interface. So it's it's really pretty nifty, and and we do see what we're pushing towards next, where there it's an emulator uh, which has its place in in things. We want to augment that additionally by really tying into the actual AVS, so that we're we're calling. And not everybody's probably familiar with what AVS is that's listening to this, but that's actually the low-level, that's the API for devices. So that's, that's going to interact um, with the actual Alexa service. And so there's no emulation. Um, what your skill is going to receive when we're using that is the exact payload. So it's like an extra level of assurance if you're using that for testing. That's awesome. Um, I, I can see... As, as I'm developing, how that would be uh, extremely valuable to have that feedback really quick because I've developed um, some, some very simple skills that do not require um, the, uh, the volley of conversation um, that you find yourself once you, when you start building something bigger, you naturally gravitate to that because Alexa receives such small bits of, of audio from the user. Um, and I can see that uh, 
the, this emulator is, is just super valuable um, for that. Um, can you talk about the uh, BST encode? <laughs> yeah, so our encoder is pretty neat. Um, that's been less well used. I'm, I'm glad you asked about that. Um, or, you know, I think I'm the main one that's using that. But if you want to do, you know, <clears throat> one of the things that we're big fans of, right, is we think people should use produced audio. So that's, that's a user experience perspective that we have. I mean, the Alexa, the text-to-speech there and the Alexa voice is great. You know, I mean, it's, uh, it's definitely improved leaps and bounds over where text-to-speech was, you know, five years ago or even three years ago. But it still sounds better if you record things in a real voice. I mean, you get all the pronunciations right. Um, you don't run into those sort of, some of the weird phrasing you can sometimes get with text-to-speech. Um, in addition, uh, we think produced audio is neat just because it gives you a chance to give things a personality. Um, and so it's just a nice way to differentiate your skills. And so what the encoder does is it makes it easier to do that because it'll, it'll not just, um, it, it encodes any audio file to the correct format so that it can be used by Alexa and then puts it out on the S3, which is Amazon's large file hosting service, so that it's accessible um, for use in an Alexa skill. And it, it can be used programmatically so you can do it on the fly. So to give you an example of where we use something like that, um, you know, we had an Alexa skill, um, a podcasting skill where we wanted to basically take um, a short snippet from every podcast, you know, like an introduction, and then just automatically take that part and put it into something that um, you would play as an introduction. And that allowed us, you didn't have to do anything ahead of time. You didn't have to go and do it yourself and then upload it. Instead, it would just know to look at a certain URL, encode it in a flash, and then make it available so that you could be dynamically updating the audio as you went along. Um, it's really helpful. Uh, at the same time, you know, I, I think people are still kind of, you know, most people are still using the Alexa voice and they're, they're sort of catching on to the utility of using the, the sort of recorded audio. Yeah, I, I'm going to agree with you on, on the fact of pre-recorded audio. It's, um, it's night and day when you have the Alexa voices read things and then you have something that's been professionally produced or even, well, it doesn't even have to be professionally produced. A human can read it. Um, and the, uh, the, I don't know, my interest in the skill goes up a hundredfold um, just, just by having that, that human touch. But um, the encode uh, library that you've got, it, it's actually extremely valuable um, because like you said, you know, bundling that stuff and getting it out uh, on a server um, it, it's just cumbersome to you know home roll that every single time you have to do something so and it looks like uh, I mean these tools is that tool a command line tool or is it a um, uh, a library you can build around what's it's the, a uh, library you can build around it's awesome. meant to be used programmatically awesome no that's that's really really awesome um, alright John I got a question for you um, and I'll take this a little bit of a different direction, and, and uh, this will probably take us uh, to the end. Um, so I'm curious, uh, in, a, in a podcast we recorded earlier this week, uh, the second episode of the Voice First Roundtable, um, 
it was discussed uh, whether the future would be uh, one assistant to rule them all or a universe of a lot of different assistants. And I'm wondering your thoughts on that. And um, just to make the, uh, you know, just to come from the standpoint of a business person, you know, I, I run a business uh, called Score Publishing and, you know, we're going to want to develop some Alexa skills or we're going to want to develop some voice skills. Let's say I come to you and I say, all right, John, uh, I know you're developing these tools that are used for voice technology and, and you're very knowledgeable in this space. How would you advise me if I came to you? What would you tell me to do? Develop for one particular platform or develop for them all and just budget whatever is appropriate? Or, or how, do you, how do you look at that and how do you think it's going to reconcile itself? Uh, I mean... First of all, when you ask that question, it makes me think of all the times people were asking me that on the mobile side. And I, I always thought I knew the right answer, you know, and it'd be like, oh, you should go HTML5 and or try out this cross-platform thing. Um, or no, you have to be native for each one. I mean, the answer from myself and from our industry sort of kept changing. And uh, <laughs> so, you know, take what I say here with a grain of salt. Um, but I do think right now where it's early on, we don't know who the winners are going to be. Um, you know, uh, Amazon has an early lead, uh, seemingly, uh, but Google is putting out, uh, compelling products. Microsoft is moving into the industry. Um, Apple at some point might do something. Um, so I think, you know, Depending on your audience uh, and what you're trying to achieve, I would I would build for at least um, Amazon and Google, and you know there's not good cross-platform tooling at this point, but I'm optimistic that we'll see some soon, so that you know essentially you can take one code base and deploy it effectively to both platforms. Um, just recently, some people were showing me, I think, what looked like a very promising cross-platform toolkit. And, you know, the nature of, you know, apps for voice at this point is such that they're not that complicated. Um, and I think there is a good opportunity for people to basically uh, give you a layer that allows you to build it once and run it on multiple platforms. And, and that's going to be great for folks that, that want to quickly build skills and don't want to have to worry about learning you know, multiple platforms really in depth. I have this very vivid memory, um, and thank you for that answer. I, I have this very vivid memory of reading an article years ago um, in which the uh, author was in the entertainment space, was arguing vehemently that uh, there wasn't going to be a winner between Blu-ray and HD DVD, that they were <laughs> going to always both coexist. And... Uh, <laughs> and, and for whatever reason, that's what is in the back of my mind when I look at um, Amazon and Google and Microsoft and Apple. I mean, I think the um, the upside is part of the upside is pretty obvious. These are four massive companies that have significant trust uh, established in the marketplace, which is absolutely necessary for this technology and what you're asking people to do, uh, you know, put devices in their home that could potentially listen all the time and all this sort of thing. 
But the downside clearly is that they're all thousand pound gorillas that that are used to bossing everybody else around. And um, and so, I, you know, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I, I, it's, it's always good to ask somebody who is knee deep in all of it, uh, how they think it will work out. Yeah, I think it's fascinating. I think the rate of innovation is amazing. Um, two things that I would highlight, you know, Amazon is putting out all these incredible new products. It's, it's kind of hard to keep up with them, but you know, the Echo Show just looks, uh, just looks amazing. I, I can't wait to get my hands on that. You know, the ability to, to not just have the voice, but also the video, I think is going to be incredible. Um, and then, I mean, meanwhile, Google at the same time, I mean, they're really pushing down this path where they're, they're bringing together um, assistants and assistant apps on a single platform, you know, for both voice and texting, which is like, that's pretty amazing, right? Um, and these are, these are big changes for developers and for users and for everybody that I think it's going to take, you know, I mean, they're just all basically kicking up a lot of dust and it's going to take some time for it to settle and to really see uh, where it falls out. For people who have heard this podcast, who are listening now, or, or just uh, you know uh, in the process of uh, listening and, and taking in this discussion, and they want to reach out to you, John, um, and continue the conversation, learn more about Bespoken, what's the best way for them to do that? Um, so I'm on Twitter, JPKBST. Uh, uh, that's an easy way to reach me. Uh, my email is jpk at bespoken.tools. Um, I would also just mention, you know, I'm very, there's a, there's a very vibrant Slack community for voice development. Um, and this, the Alexa one, I believe is alexaslack.com. Um, if I have that wrong, just Google Alexa Slack. Um, and that's, if, if you're interested in development for voice, I mean, you go in there, um, you can really learn a lot. I'm in there all the time. I, you know, it's, it's easy to get a hold of me there. And, um, and also other folks that I would say are probably even more expert than myself in it. Um, it's, you know, there's, there's just uh, a lot of great resources out there. Thank you very much for setting the time aside. Thank you for sharing uh, your time and your perspective with us. Um, we appreciate it. And uh, for the second episode of the Alexa podcast, uh, thank you for listening. And until next time.